You're tuned in to the Bear Raid Podcast, a part of the Chicago Skybox Sports Network. Welcome in to the Bear Raid Podcast, a part of the Chicago Skybox Sports Network. I'm Johnny Yu, along with Chino and Greg here as we recap a Bears victory here in the opening week against the San Francisco 49ers. Guys, what are your initial thoughts after that opening win? Well, that was a good win. Um, you know, well, you know what, let me do this. First and foremost, a quick little uh, moment of silence for those lost in 9-11. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. I think that's a good way to start. All right. We'll go ahead. We'll start with a quick little moment of silence. Okay. There we go. You know, for those lost. So, um, good win. Um, it was a, you know, it's a first game of the season, so things aren't going to look real clean, um, which was, you know, pretty evident first half. It was a real sloppy first half. I think everybody uh, would see that, both sides. Um, but, you know, as the uh, game went on, everybody was starting to find their niche. Um, I think you can start. You still there? Wait, so there, Chino? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now we can. There we go. Oh, okay. So if my if my I got to keep my phone lit up, I see. Because once it goes dark, then okay. But yeah, no. But the offense it was a good win. Um, the lines line struggled in the beginning. Eventually, they found uh, their niche, started figuring things out, and eventually started holding up for Justin. And then um, second half, it was quite evident. Um, you look at the two touchdowns. He had some pretty good time to throw. Uh, first half, he couldn't even he couldn't even get a full arm motion in. Um, second half, he was able to drop those two touchdowns in really nicely. So, um, run game struggled. Khalil Herbert had uh, the better of the day. Um, we stuck with it though. I like to see that. And uh, defense all the way around was just solid. You know, they didn't let up much, and then at the end, they really put the, the clamps down and uh, sealed the victory. No, I agree. I think that regardless that the running game kind of got, you know, thrown off a little bit here and there, they continue to run because how many times do we, you know, see in the comments or we're yelling at the football, you know, screen saying, why don't you run it? Quit, you know, quit just passing, right? Doing three and out uh, with the passes. So I thought that was huge uh, for the Bears, you know, for Bears traditional football in general. Um, I think that in the second half, I think, uh, I think the first half was just the jitters. And I think, um, you know, they were trying to do too much. Uh, and I think Fields kept it simple in the second half. And I think that was the the main uh, ingredient there. Keep it simple. Um, you know, play. I mean, because we the defense kept us in it. Right. I mean, that could have been 14 or 17 to nothing in the first half. Right. And the Bears just hung with it. They stayed positive. That defense was uh, swarming, keeping it close, not giving up, even if they were close within the, uh, within the red zone, they did not want them to score a touchdown. And I think that was, that was huge. Yeah. I think coming into the week, envisioning what it would take for the bears to win this game, this hit it exactly to the T you figured that what they would have to do is play aggressive defense, take advantage of turnovers and try to force Trey Lance into some situations uh, where he's going to make some bad decisions. And I think the weather uh, definitely helped. But I think you can see under Matt Eberflus, the defense is a little bit ahead of uh, where the offense wants to be. 
but the defense definitely kept them in it. You see where that hits principle um, really begins to have an impact on the team. And now what the results will do to keep everybody buying in. Everybody's flying to the ball. Uh, even in the group talks a little earlier, you know, we saw that, you know, the defensive line was kind of struggling at the beginning of the game. But then towards the fourth quarter, they really started attacking and really started making them force some throws. And with the weather compounded on top of that, really made it difficult uh, for for Lance to really do anything. And I think the same thing goes for the offense. Uh, some of my notes I have here from the first quarter is like, why are they still running like into a wall? Try some play action or something. But you kind of see how that commitment to the run paid off in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, they started to have some more time for fields to throw. Uh, didn't really have as many big runs, but Herbert had, uh, you know, one of those big 12 yarders uh, there in the fourth quarter. But you see how that commitment is going to, you know, help pay off in that if they can continue to do these things over the course of the season, they're going to hang around in some games that maybe they don't belong to. Uh, maybe they shouldn't be hanging around in and steal a couple wins every here and there with those turnovers and with that defense and with an offense. I mean, if they're going to continue to pound it, eventually that defense is going to wear down and you're going to be able to take some shots. No, I agree. And I, and I think that uh, one thing that's for certain is, you know, we were, we were scared, right. For a, you know, for just being a bears fan and always seeing the offensive line collapse, Justin Fields was only sacked twice. Uh, this whole game. And as you could see, you're like, well, he ran 11 times and only got 28 yards. Well, most of it was him trying to escape. Right. So it wasn't necessarily intentional. And I like that fields is not necessarily trying to run every time he's actually looking the pass. And I think that's a positive note to take out of this game too. Right. So um, I like that part. What do you got? Well, you know, the big thing I take away too is discipline. Um, I mean, San Francisco shot themselves in the foot. I don't know how many times with just boneheaded penalties. Uh, meanwhile, we were, I think we had four penalties total and the only, and the fourth one was an intentional one to back us up. So it was really good to see that Eberflus came in. He's been, it's clear that the players are holding people accountable. Um, and that, you know, they're disciplined and, uh, that really paid off today. Cause if we would have had a lot of penalties, I don't think things would have gone our way. So uh, hats off to Eberflus on that one. You know, great job, a great win for the first one. Um, but, uh, you know, they got to stick with it. There are definitely some things they got to clean up. Um, I think everybody in total will help. But at the same point in time, when you have a game that is impacted that much by weather, you, you can't really take everything to heart. You have to understand that, you know, in normal circumstances – you know, there would have probably been other plays we would have ran, um, probably different defenses that we would have shown, uh, which is another good part. I think that Eberflus really did a great job, and the defensive coordinator, um, Ellen Williams. Um, I think he did a really good job of hiding the defense. There was a second, it was a different defense in the fourth quarter, and I think he pulled out some defensive stunts and a couple fake coverages that we didn't see in the beginning of the game. And I think it really threw Trey Lance off. And then the next thing you know, he's having a hard time and he's scrambling. So I really hats off to them for that. Yeah. And to follow up on that, I, I think for me, the defensive MVP of the games probably have to be, I'm going to take a trio, the rookies, Dominique Robinson, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker. Jaquan Brisker, you know, got that fumble recovery off of Jalen Johnson's 
uh, peanut punch. He was around a couple other batted balls later in the game. Kyler Gordon was out there making some tackles on the outside. And Dominique Robinson with, with two sacks. And every time he was in there, you just see him pushing the pocket. You see his aggressiveness, his speed, his hand power. I mean, I, I think with that trio right there, you got guys on every level that, that can really make a difference. And I, I think part of the reason why the defense succeeded was, was those three guys right there. Absolutely. And I think we all learned about a brand new penalty today. And that uh, apparently you could take a towel on the field. You can wipe your hands off. You can wipe your feet off. You can wipe your face mask. You can wipe the ball. All that dead doesn't matter. But you cannot pat the ground where the ball is going to be placed. (laughs) That is where you break the rules. (laughs) That's just an unbelievable thing. The fact that that is even, why would that not be allowed? First of all, I don't even know why he tried to pat the ground with the towel. We know that's not going to do a single thing. Who's? What are you going to do? Soak up two gallons of water in that single spot? Right. It's like it was like a mini lake out there. But second of all, why is it even a factor? You can wipe every single thing down, but the spot the ball is going to be placed. It just makes no sense to me. I think that's a completely boneheaded penalty. It needs to be removed. But yeah, listen. if it's snowing and you can kick the snow out of the area to, to place the ball there, then what's the difference with yeah. drying it up? <laughs> Most definitely. I, I agree 100%. I, I don't get it. Um, I don't know how long that rule has been placed <laughs> in effect, but that, that was definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah, and I think the look on that rookie, uh, the rookie's face after he had it called, I think was pretty priceless. He's looking around. So I think every single person in the stands, and they're all looking at him like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. The ref, and what was weird is they didn't even call it right away. They took up about four or five seconds for them to actually call it, which was odd. It's like, it's it's not like anything had changed. But I, I don't know. It was just a very weird rule. I think that that's something they should just go ahead and take out. Because just for the simple fact, it makes no sense. But, of course, you know, does it affect any team in the NFL? No. Which team is it going to bite in the butt? The Bears. Every time. Well, I will, I will, I will tell you uh, to switch a su- subject here just for a moment. That uh, the scare of the game was when uh, Fields got hit that helmet to helmet, and I was like, "Man, is oh, this yeah. already is this already happening?" Game one, right? We see flashbacks of our quarterbacks going down. How many times traditionally here uh, with the Chicago Bears? And uh, I'm just glad he was able to, you know, come back and and, and play right away and and play with it. So yeah. um, that was kind of good. Yeah, he needs to learn how to slide better. Like, last year it was an issue. Preseason, it happened a couple times. I'm glad that he at least got the flags this time, twice. Right. But it's like, come on, dude. Like, get down. Slide. Someone needs to teach him how to slide because sooner or later, that's going to – that's gonna he's going to get concussed. He's going to see some Tweety Birds flying around. Well, who do you think you hold responsible to be telling him that, right? Who, who do you quarterback who, coach? Right. Uh, most definitely so. And I, I mean, that's got to be something that's, you know, brought up, especially with a young quarterback like that, that likes to run. Right. That, that has to be addressed. If, if it hasn't been as, you know, as much as it was before this game, it's definitely got to be addressed now. Right. Yeah. And if you don't have a drill for it, then create one and watch some tape of the great sliders like Steve Young and 
Russell Wilson and guys like that who who know when to get down and how to save their bodies, you know, because yeah. uh, over time, you know, those those hits can add up. And, you know, all it takes is one hit to, you know, to get that head injury. And then who knows how long he's out and, you know, his health, Agreed. of course. And if you look back at the first one, uh, the one that was real, no, second one, the one that was real bad, um, number 51 on the Niners is the one that got flagged for it. However, if you look at a reverse angle or a different angle, number 57 for the Niners was right there and was ready to do the exact same thing. So if 51 didn't catch him, 57 was going to catch him. So obviously he is starting to bring this upon himself by late slides, uh, running tall, and then deciding last second you're going to slide. It's hard for a defender to adjust. And as you can see in that one, yes, that guy should have never hit him like that. However, his his player was right behind him, ready to do the exact same thing. So, um, yeah, he's got to get that figured out. So while we're talking about the offense here, a couple things that I kind of was watching for throughout the game was Braxton Jones, left tackle, going up against Bosa and how they would help him. A couple times you've seen the, the tight ends lining up over there, uh, doubling up on them. You see blasting game come over and chip and help out on the blocking. What do you guys think about Braxton Jones? And then the other thing, about rotating Jenkins and Patrick? Well, um, Braxton Jones, you know, he got beat today, but it's it's Bosa. It's a hard one to, you know, not let up a sack one. So I don't know if we could really grade him on today um, or at least give a determination on how he could, you know, possibly weigh for the rest of the season or weigh out for the rest of the season. But um, Jenkins and Patrick, uh, we're at with Jenkins and Patrick, so – uh, as I was saying, they, they were very quiet today. We didn't hear their names. And when it comes to offensive linemen, that's a very good thing. Um, the penalties called on them. No reason to bring them up. Um, we'd like to see some highlights. But as long as you don't hear their name, that's a good thing. So I have no problem with those two rotating at this point. If they're comfortable with it, then um, I don't see any issue with it. Um, they're both, you know, really good. Um, if it helps the team, I'm all for it. I think with them doing that, I think they both want to get them both playing time. I know that they're probably thinking that they're part of their best five offensive linemen, so they need it. They need the work, and then eventually, as soon as Patrick can get that cast off his hand, he'll be able to slide over to center, and you know that will make up hopefully the offensive line we see for the rest of the season um, with those two in those positions. I think that's going to give them the best five. And hopefully this is just trying to get them acclimated to playing and doing something, you know, better than sitting on the bench and not doing anything. So uh, I think that's what they're trying to do. Um, Regards to Braxton Jones, I agree. I think giving up one sack to Bosa is a plus because who who knows how many it could have been. Some of the offensive line work we've seen here before, you know, that that could have been three or four. Um, on, on another team. So being able to give up one, I, I think was good. I think the tight ends, uh, Griffin over there helping. And like I said, blasting game definitely uh, helped Braxton. But for the most part, he held his own. But like you said, I think we need to level set our expectations and in taking into consideration that, first of all, it's an all pro in Joey Bosa um, or Nick Bosa, I'm sorry. And uh, second of all, 
the weather is a, a, is a crazy factor and you're not going to get everybody's best, but being able to hold up in weather like that is, is a positive. Well, I, o- overall, I think it's a positive takeaway for them. Something to build upon. Agreed. Give them reps, right. And give some of those guys rest, especially dealing with, you know, Bosa and everything else coming off. And I think, like I said, I think we held our own. And as much as, you know, people may say, well, the weather played in our factor. I mean, I guess it is what it is. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think overall we did good. Was it our best work? No, but I think as, you know, we continue to move through the season, we'll see how this, where they shift, you know? So. Yeah. And I got, I got to tell you who my unsung offensive player of the game is. Equinemius St. Brown. I think that guy, <laughs> you see his comfort level in Getsy's offense, but that dude can block. He's out there on those yes, outside runs. And you notice that on Dante Pettis's touchdown catch, he's the guy downfield blocking those uh, the defensive back there to open yep. him up for those last few yards. And then because of his blocking is so effective that they totally bit on that play action, and he just snuck behind them wide open by himself for that touchdown. Yeah, because so, everyone – and that's exactly it because everyone thought come up to block, and there he is. And I, yeah. that's huge, huge. Yeah, he sealed the corner for a run that Herbert got late in the game uh, that got him a first down. And, you know, he, yeah, he stood in, stood tall. I mean, he's a big receiver. You know, he's a big body out there. So, you know, if you're not going to be out there making big catches, you know, the next thing, that's best thing you could do is be out there making big blocks. And he did that today. Yeah. I think that feeds back into, you know, the hits principle. How do you translate that to offense? And I think for offense and like the receivers, it's being physical, getting up there and, and, you know, blocking a defensive back or chipping on a linebacker or a defensive end or opening up a, a hole for uh, a wide receiver to, to finish off a play. And I, I think he executed perfectly today. And I think that's exactly why they brought him in. I was a little bit skeptical about him coming in, thinking that, hey, he might be like a fourth or fifth receiver. How is he going to help out? He couldn't do anything with Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the world. And so what's he going to do when he comes over here? But all preseason, you've kind of read and heard how he's got Justin Fields' confidence and Getsy believes in him and he knows the offense and he would be a factor there. And then you see him, pop up as a starting wide receiver you're like what the heck he didn't he caught one pass all preseason so you know kind of came out of I want to say out of nowhere because you know the relationship he has with Getsy but it, it was still something that you wanted to see and wanted to see exactly how he earned that or why he's in that position and today showed exactly why he is well, he's a grinder you know he's always he always has been as has been his career um I can't recall what college he went to, but, you know, he went to a small college. No, he went and, to Notre Dame. Oh, he went to Notre Dame? Well, what did yeah. he, he went to play – I think he did a junior college before that. But um, nonetheless, he's had a bit of a hard road. And, yeah, like you said, when, you know, you're over there at Aaron Rodgers back – you know, especially nowadays when they don't really have a lot of wideouts over in Green Bay, um, to see that he actually was shipped out was very surprising to see. Um, I thought that he would have had a good opportunity over there. However, it doesn't seem like that's the case at that uh, that uh, city up there, up north. For a lot of players. So um, here we are having him and puts up a touchdown in the first game of the season. And hopefully we can see a lot more. Agreed. I, w- I want to touch a little bit on the defense here. You know, a lot of the stuff we talked about, you know, we kept hearing about Roquan Smith and his uh, how much he's going to get paid. Is he going to sign all this good stuff, right? All the stuff going on in you know, to lead the team again in solo tackles with seven, get a half sack. 
Um, and then also, no surprise, good to see Eddie Jackson with that interception, <laughs> um, you know, to, to grab that. I, I, again, I know we were talking, uh, you know, how, you know, how much we wanted the Bears defense um, to come back to Chicago hard-nosed defense. And again, we talked about swarming. We talked about uh, punching the ball. We talked about having hands active, um, you know, just staying and, and calling out. And if we can continue doing this, I'm not saying we're going to sit here and win a whole bunch of games, but it's going to keep us in there. And it's going to then tell, then it's going to be up to the offense, right? To say, Hey, you know, get us, let's get this victory. And if we can keep doing this and, and playing like this will be great. I know a lot of this schedule is going to be tough, but I think the key factor for this season is going to be how much our defense can hold up. What do you guys think about the defense uh, in this game? That's kind of what I had written down. I'm like, is, is Eddie Jackson back? Is he back? <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, he he looked he looked like he he was kind of back to his old self, flying around the ball. He got that interception, but he was also around a couple balls later on in the fourth quarter as well, where you see him flying into the screen. I had to, I had to make a, a run to the store here in the in the second quarter, but even on that, you hear him stepping up. Uh, for a tackle, and I remember Tom Thayer was pointed out. How there's like Eddie Jackson hasn't done. That. If I'm saying that Eddie Jackson is getting physical, stepping up, and you heard that pop, you're like you know something's going right here on the defense and <laughs> what they're coaching. So yeah, you know that type of stuff is surprising, uh, not surprising, but it's welcome. That's what you want to hear, and that's what you want to see off of somebody who should be a defensive leader uh, up there along with Roquan and, and Robert Quinn. Um, uh, but also. Uh, what I wanted to say on that was, I totally forgot. <laughs> well, how about how were you? Were you surprised how good Dominique Robinson played? Yeah, you know what? I expected kind of to see some flashes, but he got a lot of playing time. Like they weren't babying him, babying him, and, and bringing him along slowly. They put him in in key situations. They put him in um, at some big time moments, and and that guy yeah. can play. And as I said earlier. His, his quickness, his speed, his hand power. I mean, that, that guy looks like he can be a problem, man. If they Correct develop him wrong. properly, he's no, then he's number 91, isn't he? Yeah. That's what I and thought. Got, yeah, I, I knew it. I was seeing it right. And you know what? That reminded me of Tommy Harris. I saw that 91 <laughs> get in there, and I was like, oh, if we could get another 91 like Tommy Harris, that would be great. I agree 100%. 100%. I think you saw some, some, you know, the defensive – well, first of all, you started to see more Dominique Robinson there later in the game than you did Travis Gibson and Al-Kadeen Muhammad. Al-Kadeen Muhammad came over from Indy, you know, has got some uh, experience here in in uh, Iberflus' defense and Allen Williams' defense. But it was Dominique Robinson who you saw getting a lot of that playing time there at the end. So I think that speaks a lot. But then also the rotation of the defensive tackles. I think – uh, Jackson, Justin Jackson played good. He was a, the pickup as a three technique. Uh, but you saw Pinnell Jr. in there. You saw Antonio Blackson making some plays. You saw uh, Armand Watts, the, the waiver wire pickup from Minnesota. Um, so I, you start to see them kind of beating up on that off- offensive line. And, you know, that's a pretty good offensive line for the most part. They had some, you know, some pieces that they were changing over the offseason that they – Struggled a little bit in the preseason, but you still got Trent Williams at left tackle. Mike McGlinchey at right tackle ain't no joke either. So, you know, they still have a pretty strong offensive line. And I, I think the physicality just started to make its impact uh, there in the fourth quarter. Agreed. 
Yeah, and I think the fourth quarter was a big thing. The um, the discipline, the uh, conditioning, um, you really saw a turn of the tables in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that San Francisco was looking a little gassed, and I think their offensive line specifically. Um, at the end of the game, Lance uh, Trey Lance was running for his life. So um, it was really good to see that, you know, the conditioning, the discipline. Um, so hats off to the coaches. I mean, that's that's probably my biggest takeaway. Um, defense, you know, it was a little difficult. Other than Roquan, I was having a hard time keeping up with the other linebackers. Um, the defensive up front was getting handled, but eventually out. Um, at the end of the game, they definitely were getting in there. They turned it all the way around. So um, mid-game adjustments, that I think is one thing that we could take away from this. Uh, mid-game adjustments were really good, and <laughs> it's something we're not used to seeing. So it's kind of odd, but, you know, it feels good. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, another linebacker I saw around there making some plays with was Matthew Adams, number 44. Uh, he, w- he was getting out there a couple uh, in a couple moments there later in the game, but you started to see 44 flash a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, the beginning of the offseason, he was kind of mentioned as someone that can, you know, start at that strong side linebacker uh, next to Moreau and uh, Roquan. So, you know, I think this type of weather kind of dictated that they were going to be in more of a traditional – Four three front rather than the nickel, just because that weather is just going to necessitate that you know extra tight end or extra lineman or you know the running game. So I, I think he did good. He did good with his time. You know, one thing I, I'm thinking about here is I I got the Packers and the Vikings here on on the TV in the background uh, while we're doing this is kind of seeing how do they match up now next week. You yeah. know what what can we take away? Even though as we said, you know the weather plays a different type of factor. But how can we project this into next week? What are they? Can, what can they build off of, uh, and what do they need to fix in order to be successful? Because looking at Green Bay, they they lose. They lost out on their two starting tackles for this game, and already Watson, the rookie receiver, has got a couple drops. So it, it could be another game where the situation just presents itself, where it gives the Bears an opportunity to take advantage of some of the other teams. Um, you know what they're lacking at the moment. I agree. Greg, want to go ahead and weigh in on that? On which one? Well, I think uh, the upcoming game. The Bears defense matches up against the Packers next week. Uh, I think we. I said. I think no matter. Well, I think the problem always comes to, you know, Aaron Jones. I mean, is he's going to move? And then Rodgers, even though he's up there, you know, he's not scared to run. We know that, and I think that a lot of those bite and fake um, that those receivers do on Green Bay um, and just the offensive plays that they run over there is, you know, confusing. So I think there's a lot of um, uncertainty, but I think this defense, uh, at least from today's game, um, you know, they ran to the ball. Um, they they stuck with their man for the most part. So I'm, I'm hoping – um, to see that next week. Um, I just hope they don't, because they're playing the Packers, that they don't start, you know, playing different, right? Just the intensity of and knowing who they're playing. I hope they don't get fall in that trap, right? If they just stick to who they are, know what they need to do, I, I think that's going to play a big part. And I, I honestly, you know, the Bears are still, you know, not supposed to be winning 
right? That that's what we hear. Like this is another rebuilding, you know, team, but they, they have, this team has potential. I think we're going to see a lot of exciting things here. And I think next week against the Packers, I, I, if I were to predict, I'd say the first half should still be close, right there. I mean, we should at least keep it within kind of like what we did today, you know, um, whether we're winning or we're losing, we're within striking distance. I, my, I think my concern is how tired the defense is going to be playing the Packers when it comes to the second half. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Pretty much. I agree. And I think next week's it's going to be a real test for our linebackers. Um, we know Roquan can hang in there. We know he's got the skill, um, but we're going to really see if these other guys can hang in there. I think our secondary is really good. Um, I think that they can, when you're facing a team like the Packers that, you know, receivers is their biggest thing. Um, I don't even know who their tight end is right now. And I know Tunyon is not what he used to be for at all. So the big thing with that, I think um, the secondary can handle their, uh, they're, they're part of it, but I think it's those quick insides that Aaron Rodgers is so good with, the attacking the linebackers, um, those quick hitches, quick slants, quick insides, quick outsides. Um, those are going to be an issue. And then, I, I hate to say it, but what we're probably going to see is Aaron Rodgers just pick on Vildor. Uh, Vildor is, in my opinion, he didn't have a bad game today. You didn't hear his name called. He let up a couple of passes, but... Um, for the most part, he did pretty solid. That's good to see. But last year, Aaron Rodgers, it, it became pretty apparent that he was going out of his way to exp- to to pick on Vildor uh, because it's an easy target. He can, you know, get completions. He can get, you know, um, yards moved that way. I think he's going to try to do it again this year. So the Bears got to really try to plan on that. Um, I think he's going to look at his tape from last year. He's going to say, yeah, I remember 22. And I think the Bears got to try to figure that out. But the uh, pressure that they showed in the uh, second half um, really helps. I think that they figured something out there and maybe we could apply it. Uh, maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But the fact that we beat who is likely a, a Super Bowl ready team um, today, given the conditions were a little hard, but nonetheless, we pulled that victory. I have no, you know, no doubts that that puts us up there as a capable, you know, candidate to beat green bay and take the north well as as we're talking well here as we're talking about you know looking forward to next week right what's concerning to me is santos (laughs) missing two extra extra look here's the thing right those couple you know years ago we talk about the double doink right we talked about this where uh the bears were actually in pretty good shape right and uh you know they were talking about asking, hey, do we need a new field goal kicker? And they specifically said, no, we're good. Uh, we're confident. And, and what did it come down to in the playoffs? It came down to the field goal. Now, I have a feeling that a, a field goal or two could play very heavy in next week's game. So are you concerned or are you just saying, oh, the weather was real bad. It's week one. Give Santos, you know, don't think too much of it and then hopefully next week he's he's back at it what, what are your guys thoughts on that John, you want to jump on that i'm not concerned i think the weather is definitely a factor but then also i think with santos he's somebody that has uh, a track record when you look at it, his history you know it's, it's there it shows you that you know he's he's a dependable kicker he's not one of the top kickers in the league but he's also not you know one of those guys you got to worry about he's just a dude who's going in there that you can count on for, you know, 
88% of the time. So, and I, I think overall um, for where they're at right now, that's, that's, that that's decent. I think, um, you know, to, to chime in on the, on the defensive part. Um, one thing uh, that I kind of think about is their two headed monster at, at running back, you know, in, in Jones and Dylan, I mean, Dylan's a, Dylan's a beast quadzilla. That guy's legs are like tree trunks. And, you know, that little bit of thunder and lightning has, has hurt us in the past. And that's something that regardless of how good his receivers are, he, Aaron Rodgers can kill you with a play action. And if that running game's going, then he can have a field day. Um, so stopping the run, I think, is going to be um, the main thing. But then also one thing I've kind of thought about is, you know, Eberflus has kind of talked about the offseason, how he jumps into the quarterback meetings to say that, hey, this is what the defense is going to be looking at, looking like on these types of plays. If they're running this type of defense, this is what you got to look out for you know, and different things like that to give them a, a defensive perspective. This week, I wonder if it's something where Luke Getze will kind of chime in and say, hey, here's what Aaron likes to do. This is why Aaron killed you guys every year on XYZ. You know, is he going to give some insight into how the Packers run or some of what some of their tendencies are um, and prepare the defense a little bit to better be situated to kind of handle some of those situations? I agree. And that, and yeah, that's I the, and I think that's what I was touching on earlier was you know if if the Packers, you know, really push the run, right, with Jones and Dylan and then you got Rodgers and you know and and they're holding the ball, right? They're keeping time of possession. That's going to be key next week in the first half because if they continue to hold hold the ball for time of possession, you know, how gassed is that defense going to be in the second half? And I think that's really going to be the telltale sign of how that game is going to conclude in the second half. Yeah, because today the Bears lost a time of possession. They had like 26 minutes against uh, what I, I don't have it in front of me now, but whatever it was for, for San Francisco. But that's Trey Lance. It's like you, you can't do that against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron no. Rodgers, you know, if, if you have that time of possession swing, then, you know, he's somebody that, that knows how to – burn that clock and take advantage and, you know, keep that offense running and keep them on the field. So, you know, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, they did today that they can get away with because you're taking advantage of a young quarterback that you may not be able to do when you're, you know, talking about an all world quarterback like Rogers. Do you, do you think the game would have played different if Jimmy G was quarterbacking? I don't think so because I don't think Jimmy G's arm he could make some of those throws and he wouldn't have some of the elusiveness that Trey Lance did um, to kind of create some of those things. I mean, Trey Lance ran for a couple first downs. Uh, he scrambled and moved up in the pocket on a couple of those to, to throw some first downs as well. So I, I think some of those things are things where that's why the 49ers chose Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo, because he can do some of that stuff with his feet while also having the arm power to make some of those throws that Jimmy G Jimmy G is a dink and dunk kind of guy. You know, he's, he's gonna, it's death by a thousand paper cuts, 10,000 yeah. paper cuts. You know, he's going to just chip away, work his way down the field with some slants and some screens and some quick outs. And that's how he's going to get you. It's going to be a timing rhythm type of offense. Trey Lance is a guy that's going to, he's got a lot of tools in that toolbox where he can scramble. He can, you know, roll out and hit a deep pass and, 
you know, there was one pass early in the game um, that was just over the tight end's arms. Where yep. he would have got that, they would have been down inside of the five. I, for, I forget who it was, but it was very early, and it was just learning how to, you know, a little bit of touch because that, that play would have been dangerous. Speaking, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, right, about, you know, Trey Lance, this is our guy, right, because we want him to – just what you were naming, right, and, and telling us what to do. Is. Let's veer off just for a second about the X-Bear – Mitch Trubisky uh, taking the victory here over the Cincinnati Bengals going uh, 21 to 38, 194 yards and, and one TD. Um, just as a side note, don't want to spend too much time on this, but uh, did you guys catch any of the highlights or any part of that game? And what did you guys think? I did not. I saw early in the game at the, that he was, uh, that they were winning, but I, I didn't really pay attention to it. I'm happy for the guy. I always liked Mitch. I was, Wish he would have done something better, but he, I think, uh, it was a little bit of wrong place, wrong time. And, and I, I, I agree. Do you think he got, l- let me ask both of you, and, and hopefully uh, whoever wants to go first, and maybe we'll just start with John since you're going. But, you know, do you think it was more of, again, you said, you know, wrong time, probably. Um, obviously, he, the, the words from everybody in the organization was he has the potential, right? Do you think he can still make it into an elite quarterback at this moment? I don't think he'll be elite. I think he'll be a serviceable quarterback in the mold of Garoppolo, where he's not a guy that's going to kill you. Because I, I think one one of the craziest stats still, and I'm not sure how the game played out today, but since he's been in the league, he's the only quarterback that hasn't thrown a pick six. Yeah. So I, I think that's one thing that to keep in mind. And I think another thing to keep in mind is, he was voted a captain, too. You know, there was a quarterback battle going on. And you got Mason Rudolph, who's been there the last few years. You got him coming in as a free agent. You got the highly touted uh, rookie coming in from Pittsburgh, you know. so And he was still voted a captain. So I think one thing about him is his teammates have always loved him. He's always had his teammates buy in. Um, you know, he's always had the playmaking ability. It's just a matter of taking advantage. He's somebody that you can't open up the playbook for. He's somebody that you got to kind of build the offensive round and take advantage of his strengths. And some of his strengths are some of those quick throws and his rollouts. Do you think he kind of reminds you of when we had, you know, Kyle Orton, right? We just played when when we won with him, right? It was, we played, we played to his strengths, right? It wasn't pretty, but we won, right? Would you, or do you think Mitch is a little bit stronger than that as an overall quarterback? Oh, I think he's definitely stronger than that as an overall quarterback. But I think yeah. at his current stage, that's kind of the the, the role, the approach that you need to take. And I think Orton was in the same place. He was he was with us, you know, when he uh, had us rolling. <laughs> and it was only his second season, so right. I think because I mean, if you look at Orton, Orton at Purdue, he rolled up crazy numbers. He came right after Drew Brees at Purdue, and I think he was challenging Drew Brees for all of Purdue's passing records as, as well. I mean, that guy. Yeah. Could, up um but at at that time what you needed him to do was was something different and i think the same thing with mitch his season here in 2018 when they went to the playoffs is you kind of eliminate half of the field so he doesn't have to worry about you know you reduce some of his decision making put him in a situation where he's a first read uh quarterback and if that's not there finding the outlet um but also i i think I don't know if that's the right offense for him in in uh, Pittsburgh. 
you know, Matt Canada doesn't really run anything too too crazy or anything that really sticks out as an offensive play caller as a, as the OC there. Um, but I think for what they're doing, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. I don't think he wants to start now and, and do that with a rookie quarterback. I think with that defense, I think as they've shown today, they're one of the best defenses in the league. Um, you know, having somebody there that he can trust that can make decent decisions, make enough plays, um, you know, to keep the ball moving because he can make plays with his feet. He can scramble. He can roll out, you know, that, that can put him in a position to to still compete and still steal some wins. And they stole that win today against uh, Cincinnati. But, you know, that defense played a big part. And I know Minka had the interception return for a touchdown to start the game. So, uh, you know, at the end. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they they can be dangerous if, if they get some decent quarterback play from Mitch. Steve got, any, Steve, got any short stuff on Mitch real quick? You know, it's an interesting story. Um, I saw him at Wildfire. You know, I actually didn't think the guy was too big or anything. I totally forgot he was a quarterback. Um, I, you know <laughs> what? I always liked him, too. Um, I felt that he was given a really bad opportunity to start the league. Um, I mean, anybody that, you know, would re- recap his first four years or anything under Nagy's offense would pretty much tell you that. Um. So, you know, he's got to learn to shake off all the bad habits he was probably taught. And, you know, eventually I think um, uh, Pickett, Kyle Pickett, I think is his name, is the uh, quarterback that's uh, the rookie that was drafted. He eventually will take over Mitch. Um, he had a full college career. Uh, not really full college career, but he had more playing time than Mitch did. So um, eventually I think he'll take over Mitch. I, You know what? I have nothing but good things to say about the guy. Um, felt. You know, like he was going to be the one, um, but didn't work out. And now here we are. And now I see Justin Fields and the way he could scramble. Um, Mitch was good at scrambling. Justin is great. Mitch could throw the ball. Justin can wing the ball. So that's to me is it, it, it may have worked out in our benefit. And, so I, 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 and I want to speak. And that's what I want to transition back to, to the Bears and, and the quarterback position now in reference to Justin Fields, because. You know, everyone to the start of the season, you know, wanted him in to start, right? That's what we kept hearing. We want Justin Fields. We Everyone cheered for it. As the season progressed, you know, we've seen him go through some learning curves, right? It was only year one. Heard a lot of things already um, towards the end of the season that he's not ready. He's not the guy, right? Um, you know, we heard earlier when, when the preseason started and they interviewed him to start off the gate was, oh, the game's so slow, right? I, I feel like I'm, I can cruise through it. And maybe that was just some young, um, you know, saying a little too much uh, at first to kind of get fans to use that as a weapon against them. But, you know, as we saw in this preseason and then as we saw in today's game, um, he hung in there and it seems like he's learning um, every game, every minute. And, you know, you hear this, you know, I, I even with this Bears win, I hear, you know, you see in the comments of Justin Fields is still not the guy. Maybe they go out and get a quarter, try and get a quarterback next year. Um, if you ask me, um, I don't think we start talking about quarterbacks yet. I think, you know, he's still got a high ceiling. If you ask me, um, he's still learning. This is only his second year. I get the hype coming from, you know, the Ohio State. Right. But I, I, I think he's progressing in the right way. I think. He took a lot of criticism very well. He didn't really say too much. He didn't say anything too negative, and he, he's just looking towards the season. I want to get your guys' takes on how you guys feel um, 
what your thoughts are on how you think Justin Fields is going to finish this this season and potentially to continue on uh, with this Bears organization. But then also, what do you do you think he's giving a fair shot right now, or or do you think it's just fifty fifty with the fans? Just that's the Chicago fan. Uh, you know, you're going to get some harsh criticism regardless. You know, so what are your guys' thoughts? Um. Well, uh, I mean, I think okay. So by the so what I think is at the end of the year, yeah, I agree. He he really had he really, um, I, you know what I think he okay. Let me back it all the way up. Let's back it all the way up. So I know that he at the end of the year, it was pretty obvious that he wasn't discouraged by everything that happened last year, and it was probably because everybody in the world knew he was under a really bad offense with a really bad offensive caller. Um, that was taken the job was taken from that offensive caller and given to another guy that had no better history so he knew getting out of that season that it was just a learning experience but scrap everything that came from that and don't judge him by that we still have no idea what his he still has untapped potential um in terms of the way i think he's going to finish the season i think he's going to finish it on a really good note i i honestly think that He'll have um, about the 37, 3,800, maybe 3,900 yards passing. I'm praying that he cracks the 4,000 mark for once in the in our uh, our uh, organization's history. Uh, but I think at the end of this year, he's going to really impress people. Um, I think that he'll have a lot of good games, and I think his leadership is going to show through. And I think the second half of today was a really good example of that. Uh, he didn't get down. He didn't get discouraged. And in fact, if you saw him a lot of the times, you know, he didn't really seem like he was upset. He didn't really seem like he was showing emotion. Um, I mean, the man took a shot to the head that bounced his, you know, helmet off the ground. He got up almost laughing about it. So um, nonetheless, it doesn't look like he gets thrown off too much. I'm really happy to see that. And that's the kind of poise I think we really need. So end of the year, I think we're going to be pretty surprised. Yeah, I Here's the way I see it. I, I think the Bears' progress will dictate exactly what they're going to do at the quarterback position. So Vegas has them at six and a half. And you listen to a lot of the national media, they got the Bears finishing with like three wins. And one of the three were a lot of the power rankings. They're one of like the three worst teams in the league. If that ends up being the truth, they're drafting a quarterback next year. Ryan Poles came in. He doesn't have any allegiance to Justin Fields. It sounds like he likes him. It sounds like they have a great relationship. But the reality of the NFL is if you're not doing it, you're not my guy, I'm going to replace you. And that would be the perfect time to do so. Because sure. you only get so many cracks at one of those, you know, top 10 picks where you yep. have at an elite quarterback. Well, let's, well, let's once segue into And Once you're looking at kind of the play of Justin Fields, He's he definitely has the potential, but then you definitely still see a lot of those things that a lot of people point out where his decision making can be slow sometimes. He can be late with a throw every once in a while. He's got that long wind up. Uh, you know, those types of things can can play a big factor. Played a factor on the interception today. You know, he was late getting the ball out, and either way, he tried fitting it in a tight hole. Whereas, like, if you're going to make that decision to go to Mooney in that spot, then that ball's got to come out super quick, and it didn't, and that's why it got intercepted. So if you see a lot of those plays like that throughout the year, then it's going to mean that the Bears aren't going to be as successful, and he's got to have a lot more positive plays than he does uh, of those negative ones because 
you know, as again, as we look forward to next week against the Packers, the Packers are another one of those top defenses in the league where you do stuff like that, it's going to get taken advantage of and you're going to get exposed. And if you can overcome that decision-making and that, that arm motion, then it may be time to kind of look for something. <laughs> Now, that's just the reality of it. Personally, no, no, agree. I like. 100%. I think he's. Gonna be, I, I think he's going to be successful. I think just the dude's mentality that you see that he, the way that he carries himself, the way that you have, you see his teammates buying in, the stories you hear about his work ethic with him and Darnell Mooney. I, I think over the course of the season, you're just going to continue to see him get better. I think you saw it in the preseason. Each game, he got a little bit better. And I think you'll see it throughout the season as well. As each game, he's going to get a little bit better. He's going to get more comfortable with the offense. He's going to get more comfortable with the line in front of him and which receivers he can hit. And I think that just – I have the confidence that with not only Fields but also Getze, that they have the tandem in place that they can see that positive development going forward. Because another thing to keep in mind as well is that if Fields is successful and he's, then you're probably going to see Getsy leave and get a head coaching job. He already, uh, you know, he already uh, interviewed for head coaching jobs this off season. So right. he's already sure. got name. So if he starts to do good, then you might see Getsy get head coaching opportunities again. No, I, I hear you. And so, you know, you talk, you were talking about, you know, records and, uh, you know, where the Bears were being, you know, held to three or four games, right? Let, let's go around the table here <laughs> and see w- what are your predictions before this game um, of where you thought the, or where you think the Bears were going to finish this season. And then after seeing this guy, I know it's only game one, where are you kind of guesstimating now? So is, or were there any changes, right? Nothing changed for me. I think I, kind of what I thought, I thought the Bears would be able to steal one today. And I thought it would be able to happen the way that it did with causing turnovers and taking advantage of, you know, a short field. And and they were able to do that. I think overall, my thoughts, it doesn't change what I thought for where they may end up in the season. I'm still thinking they'll they'll be able to get eight wins. You know, Vegas says six and a half, but I I think you'll see with that defense. And if they're able to cause turnovers, they're going to be able to, to steal a couple games. You know, they hung in it as you said, for the first half. And if they can hang in for the first half, that that their style of play will end up, you know, taking its toll on the other team and they'll be able to sneak a couple wins. So I, I got them at eight. What did you got, Steve? I think that, you know what? I think that I, I now, I, you know, okay, so going into the season, I had them at like five or six. Um, but I definitely didn't expect them to be beating the Niners. So that surprised me. That's really surprised me, and it's thrown me off a little bit. I have, I've actually been thinking about this exact same thing, and I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe it's a nine, maybe it's a nine-win season. Um, maybe if Eberflus is, can, if Eberflus can really put the defense, um, up in that top ten category, back up in there, um, then we could very well be looking at a double-digit season. But I, I, I I'm impressed with the win today and it was because it was a grinding win it wasn't a win that you're just gonna you're the better team and you just went out and showed it it was a it was a different situation it was it's pouring out there the field is totally screwed our offensive plans our whole entire practice week is screwed everybody go out there and we just got to play football 
and figure it out when we're out there. There's no real good game plan at that point. And what ended up happening was our coaches were able to put a better product on the field than the other coaches. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a really good team. So that's encouraging, you know, and I think that all of a sudden now I'm starting to look at maybe we could be 500 or better. Can't really be 500 with a 17 game <laughs> schedule, but that's the thing. So we're either going to be over or under, but I think we'll be right there, which is better than I was uh, originally predicting. Yeah. And I, I had, you know, when I found out, you know, about Kittle and everything else, I, I had this game one, right. Um, and when you talk about wins, you know, I had this one um, I had against Houston. This is just me. I had against the giants. So that's three. Then I said out of Detroit, we play them twice. Right. So I tell them take one. So that's four. Same thing with Minnesota. That's five. Um, and that's where I had them at. Um, with five and I, and that's before all of this, this is what I kind of had. I, you know, I give or take Atlanta, right. Maybe the jets, you know, there was before the whole quarterback issue, <laughs> right. Uh, we won't talk about that. We'll say that for a different topic with the jets, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I have five. And so now I'm kind of maybe looking at maybe seven. Um, I know that's still maybe kind of low. Um, I, I, I guess what I didn't want to do was get too hyped on today's game. Um, Knowing that San Francisco's kind of trying is kind of where we're at. Would you guys kind of say that? Like they're trying to find their pieces, right? Oh. They got some young guys on there. Would you guys agree? No, yeah. I think San Francisco is more of a. If Trey Lance plays good, they're a Super Bowl contender. That yes. defense shows you that offense. He's one of the best run game designers in the league. And for that first half, Elijah Mitchell was making some runs, making some plays. Um, I think the defense tightened up, and, and that definitely helped. Greg, George Kittle is a big part of that run game. Um, but, I mean, and Devo Samuel, I, I think they made it a, a mission to not let Devo Samuel beat him. He had that one touchdown early. But other than that, he didn't really have any of those big Debo-type plays that you normally see out of him. Um, but that, that offense is dangerous. And if Trey Lance can do what Trey Lance can do, they're going to be in the hunt for the Super Bowl. And, you know, they were dangerous last year, um, you know, before Garoppolo got injured. Um, but, but no, that, that, there's a reason why that, that team is, you know, predicted to, to yeah. make the playoffs this year. And, and you know what's funny about that is you talk about, you know, even though we beat the 49ers, we're still favoring them for Super Bowl, right? Possibly champs. And when you talk about that, let's the same thing could have said when, uh, you know, we played the Buccaneers and we beat Tom Brady 20 to 19 and they end up winning. <laughs> they end up winning the Super Bowl, right? So uh, yeah. it's interesting to see how the 49ers take this, uh, you know, to the next level here. Um, and again, though, here for the Bears, um, I'm really looking forward. I'm already hyped up for the Packers game already. Like, wish it was here already. Um, already hyped. I, I mean, it's just Bears, Packers in general, right? Um, it's funny because on Sunday mornings before the game starts, I'm in a bowling league. And being here, you know, in Lake County, Illinois, where you got a lot of Packers fans and Bears, it was pretty much half and half. So there was some good uh, competitive uh, trash talking going on. Uh, this morning before the game. So I, I can only imagine how much it's going to get hyped up coming up this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's traditional. Um, you know, it's been happening, you know, before we were born. 
Well, and pretty much before our parents were born, to be perfectly honest with you. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 instilled in us. Um, I know no other different. Um, the team up north, I have no, you know, care for them. Um, that's just been me since birth. And, uh, you know, I, I, and I think it's going to be a good matchup again. You know, what? Um, I like these matchups, although I hate going against good teams, but I like going against good teams because. Um, I feel like it's like swinging a bat with a weight, you know, once you get out there, once you go through the hard teams and we get to the teams that shouldn't be as good, theoretically, we should be able to take it to them. So, um, maybe that's going to be the outcome. Um, I'm hoping, um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to have to wait and see. All good. And, and like I said earlier, it was a, it was a win you weren't going to get unless you were ready to grind out. And, uh, at the end of that game, just watching how much water came up. And seeing at the end of the victory, those guys just run to the end zone, take that victory slide. I don't know if anybody saw Braxton Jones, but his big ass went probably a good 10 yards. <laughs> I think he slid the entire length of the end zone. Um, but, uh, no, it was a good win, and I'm just happy to see we can uh, celebrate a week one victory. I I, I, I say, I say uh, uh, a couple uh, things. Uh, Number one is the, the defense, right? If, if they can continue to attack, that was one of the main points I brought up. Number two, I like what John was talking about with uh, Justin Fields was, you know, making sure you're not hesitating. And if you if you, you see Mooney, you see whoever, you got to pull the trigger and, and go for it. Otherwise, you know, that's where we're going to start getting some uh, turnovers. And we cannot, cannot be giving the Packers freebies, especially – if they're, you know, within range there to score on a, you know, quick, you know, in red zone or within 35, 35 yards, uh, you know, near the end zone. And that that's going to be a uh, killer. And then we talk about the offensive line, you know, rotating reps, putting people in and and keeping them alive and, and just trusting in them and continue to see them learn. And I think that uh, we have a, you know, really good shot. So it, it'll be exciting for sure. Yeah, I think my closing thoughts are, you know, as we look at today's game, I think this is kind of the formula that we can expect for the season, uh, which is going to be tough, hard-nosed defense with opportunistic playmaking. And then you're going to see an offense that's really going to try to establish his identity by run, uh, by running the football and then trying to create plays off of that with the play action. So sometimes it's not going to look as pretty, uh, but over the course of the long run, I think you're going to see it be effective and you're going to see them, you know, like I said a couple times, steal a couple wins and and make some plays and make it exciting enough to keep us interested in uh, all season. I don't think it's going to be one of those seasons where we're going to be, you know, three and fourteen, looking at the looking at mock drafts in November, uh, <laughs> looking towards the future. And I think I, I will leave with with one thing is that all this positivity happened today, and we didn't even see Valus Jones Jr. I, I think. He can be a factor. Hopefully, he's not in the Kevin White type of deal where he's (laughs) playing. Uh, But he's one of those guys, and you saw it in that preseason game against Tennessee. Let him get some returns, and that's definitely a way how you can flip the field uh, by punt returns and kick returns. And outside of the weather, somebody like Trenton Gill with that big leg is how they can keep in games that maybe they shouldn't is by being able to flip the field with those guys. But I um, just want to say thank you guys. I think it's a great first episode. 
And yeah. we hope to bring the listeners even more uh, all throughout the season. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. We'll have more with Greg leading a Bulls podcast uh, when that season kicks off and uh, other little branches here of the Chicago Skybox Sports Network. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have a great weekend and celebrate that W. Bear down. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, bear down. Bear down, guys.